Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight and England, and joining me from across the pond, he's the statesman to my kingsman from America. It's John Burke from Burke Reviews. How are you, sir? I am doing all right, Matt. How about yourself this fine day? I'm not doing too bad. I've got the I've got the the start of a sore throat coming on. COVID test was oh, negative, no. but um, I think that's so we're saying off air. I think that's contributed to just having like a busy kind of naff day. You're busy at work, and you know when you just feel you don't feel great in yourself because you feel run down or whatever. There was that creeping in. However, I'm very excited to talk film with you tonight. But I must ask, uh, or I ask with some trepidation, have you been keeping Florida safe, my friend? You know, I've been doing what I can. Um, I, I kept Florida cold uh, today. Um, it was out of my control, but uh, this was one of our coldest, consistent days. Like right now at uh, 4.30 in the afternoon, it is still 61 degrees outside. Um, it has not gone over that today, which is unusual for us. Usually even on our coldest mornings, it still gets to 70s or 80s by daytime. Um, but this is one of our colder days where I think it got to like 38 this morning. And then it, it hung around in the 50s for most of the day. And it just, I think this is the hottest it's been um, all day today, which is unusual for Florida. But I've been inside uh, with students crammed into a small room, um, you know, with our with some of us wearing masks, some of us not, because it's not a policy here in mm-hmm. the States, uh, at least not here in this state. Um, so, you know, uh, I'm wearing my mask. Uh, I've already, I've recently had COVID though. So uh, I, I am, should be good. For now, I guess. Uh, who knows, of course. But I still, um, you know, cautiousness and trying not to spread it and things of that nature. But it's, uh, you know, it's it's the world that we're in. And I'm just I'm just mm-hmm. skating by. You can say that again. COVID, COVID tried to take Burke and the and Burke struck back and said, no, no, you're not having me. Um, 40 degrees over here in the United Kingdom. It is half nine, though, but it has been cool today. So, um, well, hopefully this week's movie can warm us up. What a link that was. Uh, if you're new to the show here on the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, we talk about the biggest release of the week or the most interesting, and we deliver a non-spoiler review on this main episode. In a few days' time, we are going to drop a spoiler mini-sode. But if you haven't seen tonight's film, non-spoilers, you're not going to get spoiled. And tonight's film my friend John, that we are talking about, is Scream. Not Scream 5, not 5 Cream, but Scream, which is a very annoying trope Hollywood has now um, uh, taken on board with Halloween, Scream, and I guarantee the Exorcist sequel will just be called The Exorcist. Uh, It's directed by uh, Matt Bettinelli-Alpin and Tyler Gillett, taking over the reins from the obviously sadly departed Wes Craven, he too directed the first four installments. And it's written by uh, James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick, based on the characters by Kevin Williamson, whose voice was so integral to building the Scream franchise in the first and second films. And it stars, uh, again, if you've seen the trailers, the only spoilers we talk about are, you know, anything that you may have seen in the trailer. So anyone who might, may or may not pop up. So the film stars Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, Dylan Minnette, Jack Quaid, Jasmine Savoy Brown, Sonia Amar, Mikey Madison, and Mason Goodin. Uh, IMDb has the synopsis as 25 years after the original series of murders in Woodsboro, a new ghost face emerges, and Sidney Prescott must return to uncover the truth. Now, uh, our spoiler review may say otherwise, but we'll get to that in another day. 
what did the world what did the world think about Scream Five? I'm going to call it Scream Five throughout this because it does get mm. uh, it does get it's confusing. Otherwise, it yeah. is. What did the world think of Scream Five? Rotten Tomatoes has a critic rating as a very good for me seventy five percent. Metascore is sixty one. Again, I think that's a very decent return. Seven point four mm. IMDb user and three point seven out of five on Letterbox, and this is only available in theatres worldwide and um, that's how i like to watch my horror films especially in the uk this was an 18 rated film so uh, i expected there to be lots of uh, lots of blood lots of gore and lots of moments that would make me go oh and i went to see this with my uh, older brother who came along to watch it and if anything is him more so than me going oh at certain moments bro john jb i went into scream thinking that the trailer was I wasn't overly sold on the trailers because my biggest fear for Scream 5 was what do they do differently? Because Scream has the formula and it has that kind of self-referencing, all-knowing um, satirical look at its own genre. And it does that very well when it mixes that with genuine horror at times for me. But they've done that four times and they've mixed it up with the Who Done It in all of them. But I thought, are we going to do that again? Are we bringing it back 10 years later since Scream 4? We're just going to do the same old stick. But I was pleasantly surprised at how much I really, really enjoyed Scream 5. And I mean really enjoyed this film. It was an absolute blast. I had so much fun. It's the cliche, isn't it, when the film comes out and it's four, five, six films down the line to relate it to the original. But this did have uh, more than a strong vibe of the original for certain reasons that the film itself more than alludes to as to why that is. But also just in the... The, the, the tone, like the meshing of, of, of tones and genres and, again, the self-effacing look at the genre. It felt more like the first one. As I think as the films went on, they started to become the thing that they were jabbing at in the first film. This kind of brings it back a little bit more full, full circle. Uh, I think Jenna Ortega is fabulous in this, and I think uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown was instantly likable. I really liked yes. her. I thought she was really, really good. Those two. Um, Barrera, I wasn't a fan of her in In the Heights. Um, I thought she's good here. I thought she's good here. Uh, I think that's more for the character. Not. I think she acted well, but I think the character wasn't that likable in In the Heights for me. Here she's much better. Yeah. And the legacy characters come back. And there is that kind of fear as well of, oh, is it going to be the passing the torch? Are they going to bring him in? Are they going to kill him all off? Well, they may do, they may not do. But what they do did do for me was give those characters a reason to return and wrote them in such a way that their stories felt right. You know, where they are in their respective lives in universe felt right. You know, it wasn't just, oh, you know, they, they haven't brought Sydney back to be Ripley, for example, like that. You know, that's not how how she ever was. That's not a spoiler. This is not how she was. You know, they've stayed true, but they've, you know, marked the path passing of time, which I think was... Uh, are really really well handled uh, i think it's i think it's a funny film i think the film had some really really good uh gags in it a lot of them from david arquette but the film this film it was just little moments whether they were jokes or they're kind of you know black humor because of what was actually happening on screen there was a levity to it but there was i found i think there was some really good tension scenes of tension scenes of atmosphere in this film was a great shot, almost like a one shot following somebody around the house as he's making, like make preparing a meal and opening doors. And you're thinking, Oh, what's going to happen? Really drag that out. There's a scene in the hospital, which you kind of see in the trailer. I thought that was really good as well. 
some really good shots. Ghostface is absolutely brutal in this film. I think I, I think this is Ghostface at their most uh, visceral. You know, since there was one killing in particular which made myself and my brother and the audience just go oh because it was so well done i'll talk about that on the spoiler episode but i think it's root right, there's a lot of if, if you like blood and slashing and stabbings scream five has got that in abundance i just think this film had a really great tone to it it it, it pulsated along i don't think i think the pacing i've seen some people say the pacing was off i think the pacing was really really well done i think the pacing was great i wasn't bored i didn't feel any lulls it got from mm. a to b to c to d really well there again there were a few things wrong with the film there is a few moments when the characters speeches which uh, i think randy in the old films would have done they felt a bit more like exposition and less natural they kind of felt like right now i'm going to stand up and deliver a speech and, I, and it's going to sound more like a speech than me talking to my friends or whatever but you know that's that that that's something that that, that it happens in all the other films as well. The, the further they, uh, on down the line they get, there was a few moments where the the rules of the franchise were broken, the well established rules which uh, were broken, which kind of defy the existing logic, which was noticeable because I'm a genuine, generally a fan of this franchise and it's an ensemble for the most part not everybody gets as much development but i think all the characters in it they all have something to do and for for a for a cast in a slasher film i liked this new cast i think they were all very good together so dude i think they were i think this film had some really great kills some really good gags good characters good returning characters i had a blast with this film i expected to think it was okay i came out really really enjoying this film what about yourself scream five john burke so i a little history for me i a big fan of the first film i i mm-hmm. saw um the first film so many times partly because of my cousin um mike i had a cousin that lived at my grandmother's house with me and i had my own tv and vcr because i'm a movie nerd and so if she wanted to watch a movie and the, the living room TV was occupied, she would often be like, hey, you want to watch this? And Scream was one of the regular rotations that I didn't mind, right? Like there were other movies that she's like, can we watch Clueless? And at the time I was like, Clueless again. <laughs> now I love Clueless. Now but, you know, cool, yeah. um, at, at the time I was in high school and I was just like, oh, that's a girl movie. But I still enjoyed it. I just didn't <laughs> act like I enjoyed it. You but just Scream, didn't so, okay. um, I, I was always in for and I always thought it was really good. And it's, it's a film that I've gone back to many times. Um, I, I liked Scream 2, but I, I definitely only saw that a couple of times. Yep. I saw Scream 3 in 2000 in the theater, and I hated it, and I never watched it again. Um, <laughs> and then I saw Scream 4 for the first time like maybe four years ago um, because I had a student uh, who was adamant that it was good. And I didn't love it the first time. I didn't dislike it. Um, but I just rewatched all four. And... Uh, first one still holds up, but again, I've seen the first one many times. Like even recently, I've watched it the last couple of years. It's a movie that I've I still go back to. Um, the second one I like. There are a few moments I don't like in it. Um, like I really don't like the the singing scene in that film. I feel like it's out of place in the screen movies. Like him like singing to her in the in the cafeteria. That film went um, through big changes because it was because of the success of Scream. You may or may not know Melissa's may know it, but because Scream was such a huge success, obviously the studio because that Scream 2 was released within a year of the first yeah, one, which is almost yeah. unheard of. But I think you know they did actually yeah, the entire script leaked for Scream 2. So they had oh, to wow. completely overhaul it and change 
every certain thing. So, well, and apparently the original script was, you know, pretty pretty good. So, well, and I I got and I enjoyed the second film, but it had a massive overhaul at the last minute. I do now. Um, again, like, and I, I liked it at the time. I had mm-hmm. jumped in at a part. Actually, I jumped in at the singing part, and I immediately turned it off. I was like, I don't want to watch this scene. It's <laughs> awful. Um, and so this time I, when I rewatched, I was like, no, 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 it's overall good. There's a few moments that I would cut out if I were editing it, but mm-hmm. overall I like the third one I think is better than I remembered for sure. Like, cause I, I hated it when I saw it. I think there's some good stuff in it. One of the things that I think the third one did too early, cause it comes out in 2000 yeah. and it's, it's parodying or it's mocking the trilogy because the second one mocks sequels and so on. Yep. And trilogies really weren't a big thing yet. Like the Star Wars trilogy existed and that was really it. Like in the Godfather trilogy, but no one, no one talks about it as a trilogy, right? It's two movies yeah, I mean, to most people. Uh, they had Alien, but most people spoke about the first two and, you know, they moved on after that. I but even the by one. 2000, Alien has four. Yeah, good point. Yep. So again, there's really not like a trilogy outside of Star Wars. And, and it's Indiana trying Jones. to like give yeah there's a good one that's actually a really good one but they don't even reference indiana jones (laughs) um i don't think they reference indiana jones in that movie which now i'm upset again like (laughs) how do you not but nevertheless there right after screen three we get lord of the rings and later the hobbit we get the star wars prequel and then now the sequel trilogy like potter franchise which again not a trilogy but nevertheless uh there's a lot more content out there that at least fit the rules that they were trying to establish. Cause I don't think there was enough for them to like establish rules of He's like, well, what are you basing this on? There's like four movies that have done this. Like there's not enough of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in hindsight now it actually is kind of almost prolific in that it was like, yeah, trilogies <laughs> are going to be a thing. Watch. Um, and of course, uh, four is the reboot movie, right? Where they like they parody the reboots. I actually enjoyed it a lot more this time, yeah. especially because a lot of the cast I've now become fans of from other things. Where I think when I watched it the first time, I wasn't really familiar with all of them. Um, there's a few things in that one though that are like mad predictable, but I don't know if that's. I don't feel like they're trying to surprise us exactly. Like there's a who done it element for sure. But the whole movies are mocking formulas. So I, I think to a degree, like they're like, yeah, there's a formula here. If you figure out the formula, you got this. It's predictable. But, um, and that's not to say they don't try to throw some curveballs here and there. But again, like the, you see the curveballs coming too, because again, you know that they're trying to do A or whatever, right? Yeah. Scream 5, I had a blast with also. Um, so much so that, yes, I saw it on Sunday. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. I was off Monday because of Martin Luther King Day. Yep. And I considered a few times going to watch it again because I, I had such a good I'm... time watching it. Um, I have not yet, but I actually I wouldn't be opposed to watching this in the theater again. Um, there are some things that I rolled my eyes at. Um, there were a few uh, a few choices that I'm like, oh, God. But <laughs> uh, overall, I still thought it was really good. Some of the kills were very brutal. I actually think it's the most brutal kills since maybe the first movie. Because, like, the, the death of... Drew Barrymore, which is in the first 10 minutes of the, in the first film, guys, um, is like her aftermath is brutal. Like the, she's gutted, you know, like you see the guts, the boyfriend too. Like it's, those scenes are super, super brutal. Um, this one, there's some moments where I was like, Oh wow. Like that's very vicious. Um, and I agree. I think Ghostface becomes, and they, they, they reference it. I don't know. There's, this is so hard to talk about because there's so many things I'm not sure (laughs) what is okay to say right now, but, 
Uh, I'll, I'll pull back a little from what I was about to say. I'll comment on some performances. I became a fan of Jack Quaid during The Boys. I don't know if yes. you've watched The Boys or not. Oh, absolutely, dude. Yeah, I, I love that series, and I love him, and I thought he was really good in this. Because um, he has, like, a natural kind of uh, everyman kind of vibe, right? Like, he's just like, yes. dude, he's, he seems like a normal dude. Like, And he doesn't come off um, like he's trying to be anything more than that. And that's his role in The Boys, and I think they use him similarly here. I like that. Um, it was good seeing actually Neff Campbell, I thought was like top of her game in this movie. Yeah. Um, and that's saying something. Um, I, I feel like four, she's fine. Uh, but like, she kind of vanished after scream. Like she's really known for scream and that's kind of it. So like seeing her come here and I, I thought she really brought it and that was great. Um, Arquette, I, I got to see the, the, you can't kill David Arquette documentary. I think two years ago now, yes. um, it might've been last year. I don't remember for sure. Everything's a blur. Um, but I, I, it was good getting to see him getting some solid work and not, not like a B movie or like, a, you know, something cheesy. And I, I think he uses it well. I think, like you said, he's was really a, a nice addition to the cast. Yep. Jenna Ortega is really, really good. I, I think similar with Barrera. I didn't dislike Barrera here, um, but she something doesn't pop the same with like Jenna Ortega's like performance really stood out. And um, I often, I'm, because I guess yeah. there are reasons. I'm again. I can't say what they are, and I won't even allude to. But I guess it, there are reasons why Melissa Barrera's character yeah. is more standoffish than uh, Tara yes. Jenna Ortega's character. But which I kind of attribute to that as well. So just for anyone who has seen or hasn't has seen, you know where we're coming from. And I I did not realize this until now, and I feel like I knew it at one point, but forgot. And then, uh, but Marley Shelton, who we didn't list as a cast member because she's yes. down on the billing, um, she's in Scream Four as mm-hmm. well as she's the deputy. I didn't put why she looks so familiar. It didn't didn't register till just now. Do you know what movie she got her big break in, or at least uh, the one that I know her from? Uh, you know what? I actually looked at her filmography on Saturday. Um, I did too. And still I still missed this movie until I just now. No, remember what it was. Sorry, she's Wendy Peppercorn in the Sandlot. She's the girl ah, that Squints loves yes. is the lifeguard. And I'm like, I see it now, but it wasn't registering. So it was uh, realizing that that's a big deal. I um, think she was the loving or the main lead female lead in Pleasantville as well, opposite Toby Maguire. I believe I you are correct. I yeah. didn't clock either. I just I think it's completely went over Actually, my head. Th- the crazy thing, she's had an extensive filmography. Like I did not realize how much <laughs> she's done. Um, I know her most as Wendy, Wendy Peppercorn. She's in Rampage, uh, which I get, is she the villain in Rampage? Um, uh, I generally don't remember. I mean, that film I, was fun for what it's worth. No, remember. she's not. Melon Ackerman is the villain in that. So she must just be like a random doctor somewhere. Um, anywho, uh, I think she's really good in this too. Um, she was, I liked her in Scream 4 and I thought she was really solid here. Um, she plays the mother to Dylan Min- Mignette's character, yep. who he is an actor I often don't like. And I thought he was fine here. I didn't think he was great, but I thought he, you know, they. I think that he was his character was written well enough to keep him from like overdoing it. I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. he goes a little big. Um, and but I thought he was fine here. Overall, I, I really thought the movie was a lot of fun. I thought the cast performed really well. Um, it is doing exactly what the title implies. I mm-hmm. kind of, it, I saw that coming. Uh, it makes the most sense, especially if you know this franchise. I won't say because the plot doesn't directly say it. Um, other than that, you know, Sydney has to return. 
But it, it, it's if you are a fan of this franchise and you understand that each movie is commenting on Hollywood and the horror genre specifically, there's a trend in, in horror right now. And this is what it's going to comment on because that seems to be when they come out. That is my biggest complaint about this movie right now. It did really well at the box office. Yep. It's finally dethroned Spider-Man after what, over a month of Spider-Man being number one. Yes. Yep. Um, but immediately, as soon as I heard that, I was like, Oh no. And then now there's talk of scream six. And yeah, if I think that what, was always on the cards. I think that was always on the, on the, on, on the back of the post-it note when they, when they sure. uh, pitched this, they were like, let's, let's open the, the door for is, more. The franchise has put itself in a position where it doesn't make sense to do them like that. When mm-hmm. you did the first one and then the second one, it made perfect sense then because sequels have always been a thing. And so they had their, their subject matter, their commentary. The trilogy, as I pointed out, it comes out like two years after two, but it's not good because it really didn't have anything to, to stand on. It didn't yeah. have that commentary. Now I think it's better because there is something, but it wasn't there. They waited till 2011 to do Scream 4 when there was a new trend. The reboot made perfect sense. Now, you know, 11 years later, there is a new trend. It has something to comment on. Yep. I think if you rush a sequel, what are you going to talk about? Like, there just isn't that material. Um, You know, you saw that happen, too, with, like, Scary Movie. is a Scary Movie is a one-for-one parody of Scream. Like, it barely references <laughs> any other movies, right? It is, like, almost a complete remake of Scream, but what if things were silly? Scary but Movie then. 2... Yeah, Scary Movie 2, though, they have to start pulling every other horror movie that's out at the time, and it it works in some ways, and it doesn't in others, because you have to have seen all of the movies to get all of the jokes, right? Yep. And that only gets progressively harder for them as the, the films go through with those scary movie franchises. And while Scream is a legitimate franchise in and of itself, it, it can stand on its own. It has always been commentary on the genre. Yep. So much so that the characters are meta in that way. Like the characters are film lovers. There are film nerds in the cat, in the cast. And even, I mean, it was Scream's almost a direct reference to the accusations of Congress about art influencing culture. Mm-hmm. There are literal moments of dialogue with that debate in Scream 2 because it was a it was a retort. Like these movies aren't doing the thing that you're claiming they're doing, but what if they did? Like, you yeah. know, and so I, I just don't see what you do with six right away. Like maybe five years from now, maybe ten years from now, there's something to to say. I think now it's just going to be a standalone sequel, which doesn't mean it'll be bad. It just won't have the same edge that the screen movies have had unless it, it really pushes or we see a, I mean, I guess maybe there's a trend in like art house horror that you could comment on. Like the, they kind of mentioned elevated here, right? horror. Like, yeah. The Babadook is, is dropped. Uh, they, they, they say hereditary. I think at one point, but Jordan like Peele that. gets at least two drops because they're, they're talking about like, yeah, elevator, but they're bringing in this new type of horror of which scream in itself is almost a relic. And I mean that in the best way yeah. compared to this kind of new wave of horror, even though scream is a classic, but um, no, yeah, you're, you're right. right. We're both right. I think but, let's, uh, like, let's say we're both right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think we're disagreeing. I think that, but it is like, what do you do with six? And I guess that's not what this conversation is. We're reviewing five right now, but I like five so much. I would hate to see it success be the reason we get a rushed sequel that maybe doesn't have the same impact. Cause I do think this movie 
does a good job with what it is commenting on. I think it, oh, yeah. it hits some major points. Um, you see it within the plot, even the characters that do discuss the thing, which is, again, that's part of the Scream franchise. There's always a meta quality. If you don't like movies that are meta, you're not going to like the Scream franchise, yep. I think, oh, inherently, because, yep. um, you know, that is what this is. I mean, we, we man, at this point, I almost want Deadpool in Scream 6. Like, you know, let's bring <laughs> in the, the fourth <laughs> wall breaking. Um, might as well. I mean, it runs the risk of becoming everything it's poking fun at, and that's what I worry about, that scream will lose sight of what scream is kind of like a lot of other horror franchises have done in the past where they start as one thing, but eventually morph into something which just doesn't like you say, if they bring scream out in a year or two's time, what are they going to reference? What are they going to jump off of? What are they going to, what's going to be the kind of the hook? Whereas like you say, here yeah. is what they're talking about here is the hook. And there's a lot of social commentary and there's a fabulous monologue in the middle, which I'll mention more on the spoiler mini sober fabulous monologue, which is at times infuriatingly true and also really very funny, but yeah, yeah two, th- year, two years time. Have you got enough time to, like you say, let things bubble up? What, 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 what can you, I just don't want it to become a run of the movie. I don't think it ever will do because I think the people involved have, well, have a love for the franchise. I just don't want it to become well, another slasher. And that was, I think, a concern people had with. I had two concerns with this. One, this is the first screen movie without Wes. Yeah, and that's not to say Wes has bad movies. Like we often uh, we forget the the misses that Wes Craven mm-hmm. had. Like there are plenty. Um, and yet, since Scream, he, I've I've enjoyed the screen movies, even the ones that again I, I initially I didn't like. I've come back around on, and I think they all have something, some merit. There's good in all of them. Um, I was worried about this one not having Wes because obviously now like the studio, this is becoming a cash thing and it always is about cash. We're not cool. naive. Yeah, we understand that, but, that yeah. but we hope that there's also artistic merit to the cash. Like that's what we're always hoping for. And then the, when we got the trailer and the release date of January for a horror, yeah. not just a horror movie, a horror franchise movie, it was not Return. a good sign. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, like you're like, there's no way this is going to be good. How, why would you do a January release? Um, one, I think Escape Room may have broken that trend a few years ago. That mm-hmm. they, it was a January horror movie that was actually good because we I have had plenty of duds. We've had, you know, I think Truth or Dare might have been a January release. We had, I'm, I'm pretty confident Winchester was a January Winchester release. Winchester uh, was early, and that could have been released any time during the year, and it still would have stuck yeah. the place out. Yes. I remember jumping through hoops trying to trying to convince myself that, no, no, it's being released in January because of a congestion, congestion build-up of films. But yeah. there was that worry, yeah. though. And, and yeah, I, I, you know, it was shocking that that was what they decided to do. It may have been that they just expected, hey, there's there's nothing, there's no competition, so people will come see it. Yeah. And it, it's definitely solid. It's not any of the things that I was afraid of it being. Um, it was a lot of fun, um, which for me, that's what I want from Scream. I want yes. to feel, I want to feel like there's stakes for the characters. Um, I do want, I, I do expect some predictability. Um, mm-hmm. I expect some some zaniness, though. I expect a little bit of lighthearted, uh, even like self-referential comedy where it's kind of making fun of itself. Of course, yep. um, super established in the first film because Matthew Lillard is a, a kind of a goofball. <laughs> yeah. um, and even like in the scenes that are kind of scary and terrifying, part of the reason those scenes are so scary is because he's so flippant about it. He's just like, yeah, it's, it's silly. It's like, it's traumatizing that he's so like 
lackadaisical about the situation that they're in. Um, and so you, you expect a degree of that. And I, I think the movies have done pretty consistent with that. Um, I would argue four maybe has one of the most predictable elements in it. And it's, it's, it's simply a casting choice. Yep. Um, and it's, it may not be the casting that you think I'm thinking about. I don't want to spoil four. Cause I feel like that's, even though it's 10 years old, it's still kind of like, I feel like a lot of people maybe didn't see it. Um, I guess it's related to this film we're talking about. So, and it's, yeah, it's definitely, you don't want a secret then. Yeah. But, uh, they don't, I don't know. Um, there's so many things I want to talk about listeners, uh, but we're going to save all of that stuff for spoiler because there's a lot of little things that I think they did really cool. Um, I, I, you know, uh, don't want to spoil anything for you if you haven't seen it, but I, I think it's very clear. Matt and I are both saying you should check out scream five or scream as it is currently called, uh, annoyingly, but, um, yeah. And good reason. uh, My, my local theater, uh, they've been giving away mini posters for a lot of the movies. Um, and the screen poster is really cool because it looks like I thought the, I went to grab the second one on the stack that they had because it looked like someone had taken it and folded it. And mm-hmm. then I realized, nope, that's the art style. They made it look like an old movie poster. Oh, that yeah, someone had, like, unfolded. That yeah, yeah. And I, I was like, this is really cool. I like this. Um, so yeah, if you uh, go to at least a regal theater and maybe some other theaters that you can get a, uh, a free mini poster of scream Two, which I think is cool. Like I like that they're giving some stuff away, you know? Yeah. We'll go. Well, also before we move on, we've got a shout out as well. To you mentioned uh, Wes Craven, rest in peace. But uh, Bettinelli, Alpin, and Tyler Gillett, the Ready or Not directors, I think they did a great job. We've got to shout, we've got to give yeah. them credit. I think Ready or Not was a wonderful surprise for most oh, people. Such oh, a good, good surprise. One. And guess what? Horror and dark comedy meshed together exactly. They bought that. They bought that um, substance and vibe to Scream Five. The hor- they, they, this film has got horror in it. It's also got the dark comedy which Scream is known for, and they as much as I could do, they nailed it. So, um, which I just, another thing, cause there's the actress, Sonia Amar yeah. in this, I kept looking at her going, is that Samara weaving? And then it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, but Samara weaving's in ready or not, right? She is the lead in ready or not. Yes. Yeah. That's what So like, I wonder if they just cast someone who looks similar or, um, why they didn't, I wish Samara was in this, uh, cause Samara is really great. Not no no diss to Sonia Amar. She was fine. She's great as well. In this. But, but I was thrown for a minute because I was like, "Is that is that Samara?" Um, it. I was like, "Damn it, easy gone from Margot Robbie, who then has um, an offspring called Samara Weaving, who now has an offspring called Sonia Amar." It's just like it's like the evolution of of these of of, of these uh, uh, actresses. But I was in my car, JB, uh, in the in the parking lot. You know, it's late at night. The film didn't finish at about 11, quarter past 11 in the evening. So I perp- always go to the late ones for horror. Sitting in my car, you know, get in there, get in there, check my phone, you know, send a message before I drive because I'm safe. I look up and almost, uh, I almost swore then, and at, like, a guy, about a six foot five guy dressed as actual ghost face is walking Ooh. about 10 feet in front of my car through this near deserted parking lot. I almost oh, swore again. I it was very scared um i tried to snap a picture i did get one but it's just as he's taking his mask off but you can see clearly see a guy i was like damn that guy must have been in the theater wearing that either otherwise he was maybe i don't know the the cinema you know paid him to be there on opening night but honestly scared the living hell out of me so ghostface um he's an iconic character now and i was seeing him after watching scream for a brief second i thought my time is up now. Is this how it ends? It, you know, Scream is so meta. He's actually going to kill me for having watched the film. So, uh, but like JB said, 
both do. I think we're going to both give this a thumbs up. If you like the franchise, I think you're going to dig it. Uh, if you like horror, you're going to dig it. If you want to have a good time, get your popcorn, have some fun. But like John said, if you're not into the full, full on meta, then you may have some issues with this. We're going to drop a spoiler review though in a few days. And I think we did a really good job of traversing spoilers in that review. So uh, we're now going to move on to our next segment, which we call chuffed headlines. Uh, and in it, we both pick a movie or pop culture headline that caught our attention for any reason we deem fit. And then we tell the whole world about it. So John, yee, what was your, what was your headline this week, John? So, the highly uh, publicized hatred of the Justice League movie pre-Zack Snyder cut mm-hmm. um, that uh, spawned a lot of um, social media uh, stuff with Ray Fisher and Gail Gadot later saying that Joss Whedon threatened to end her career. And Joss Whedon's kind of career in general has been put through the ringer, right? We've yeah. heard horrible story after horrible story of how he has treated, uh, especially female actors, um on sets, uh, on sets, I said S E T S. Sorry if that sounded like I said sex. I have no idea. Like, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to suss out all of the Family accusations friendly. and things that have been leveled, but mostly it's uh-huh. just been cruelty and just like a general icky, not, not good behavior. Well, I don't know why suddenly we got comments from Joss Whedon referring to the Ray Fisher stuff and the Gail Godot stuff. And it's uh, so not, you would think he would try to be tactful, but no. Apparently, he just mm-hmm. leaned into the persona that he now has, um, as he calls the rude behavior. But he, everything he rebutted to me, just affirms what they were saying. Like the way yeah. the the way he's done this, it's like you just you look like the thing they're claiming. You're like you don't look like you're a, a person who's like I can't believe they would say that to me. I thought you know we were working together. I thought everything was like, it's none of that. He's, he's just like, Oh, they suck. It's their fault. She doesn't speak English. She's in her first language. I think it's oh. the exact quote. She like, couldn't understand you, English and stuff like that. It's come on, yeah. man. And, and it's just like, Oh man, you, you gotta, you gotta be kidding. Well, and what I, he said about Ray Fisher's acting ability is like, come yeah, on, just a cheap jab at Fisher. Yeah. And I've seen the Snyder cut. Fisher is the best part of the Snyder Cut. We said that on our review is that Ray yeah. Fisher, who was given short shrift in the Justice League, in that film, when he actually had more to do, Cyborg was suddenly a character that meant something. Suddenly, Ray Fisher was brought to the forefront and was the best part of the film. But yeah, yeah. Joss, Joss, Joss is just a, he's just a bad dude. Yeah, and that's all. I don't think we need to give any more time to it, but I just think this is kind of, to me, a message to those who have been uh, not cancelled. Because I don't, I don't, I hate cancel culture as a concept in that, mm-hmm. yep. that like if you do something bad, there are consequences. If you being quote unquote canceled is that consequence, it's not cancel culture. You messed up. You yeah. deal with that repercussions. Consequences. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And to anyone who's been awful to people, it's time that you don't get to do that anymore. You know, like that's the end of it. Like I'm glad that people are standing up to these things. Like you can be a director, you can be a harsh, like, you know, a tyrant on, on set, but it doesn't mean you have to be mean or malicious or cruel. Um, you know what I mean? Like there's like, I know those words often are synonymous with tyrant, but we've heard great stories of directors who are very strict, who are very, you know, like short sighted, I mean, I've seen videos of like David O. Russell yelling at his cast and those things are awful, but it's still not the same 
thing that we're hearing more and more come out. You know, it's not just someone being loud or mean or yelling when they shouldn't. Like, people can be jerks, but we can also not be jerks. But there's like a, a difference of how you treat people. Like, when, when people are no longer treated like humans or they are less than you, that's different. And I, I'm so glad to see that the consequences are happening for those people because why do you get to make movies and then treat people like that? You know, like, don't... Yep. Don't do that. There's plenty of people who are you know, chomping at the bit for the opportunity. And many of them are very talented who just don't get the opportunity. And here you are with that opportunity and you're wasting it. You're, you're hurting people. You're being neglectful, you know, and then to like, not even act remorseful when you have like, when this, the opportunity to try to redeem yourself is given to you. And your response is to be worse of a person. Like this is your chance to, you know, like most people would probably think he's just lying anyways, but like, he's not even trying to hide it here. Yep. He's doubling so, down on this. It's, yeah. He's, 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 oh no, yeah. And this is going, these allegations go back to the days of Buffy and probably before as well. When most of the cast yes. have come out to that. Yeah. To say, like yeah his whole career basically. Yeah, exactly. They've come out and said, yeah, this guy's bad news. Uh, but this interview, when I read it, um, there's nothing redeeming about it. You got to think whoever his agent is, man, they must be paid well or they're stupid to think, you know, let me read that. Yeah, that reads well. That's <laughs> people are going to love this. Let's put it out. There's nothing in it. Like you say, which is at all remorseful. Yeah, we, we, we've all heard stories of directors behind the scenes who potentially overstep the boundaries with their methods going back to the sixties, seventies. Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick, your Billy Freakin shooting guns in people's ears just to get in the jump and, and, yeah. and slapping people in the face, you know, regardless of whether I like the film or the directing, you know, there's boundaries. You want to get the performance, but at what cost? However, then I am after the, after the scene is shot, that respect will be earned or come, it will come back or there'll be a conversation had between the two people. This, I had to do, had to do it for this reason. I uh, sorry, whatever. But then there's just like ickiness. There's this kind of like fantasy power of dominance kind of thing going on. And it's, and the things that he's been accused of or has come out and said in this interview as well, were just, they're tasteless, they're classless. And it's, and it, and, and it shines on a man himself now. But I don't care what films he's made uh, in his, in his life. Also, he did write Alien Resurrection. So let's just chalk that one up as well. He, he comes yeah. across, he just comes across as a trash bag, as tasteless, as a classless person. If if you're going to double down on this, then you have to accept the consequences that there's going to be many, mm-hmm. many people who don't like the fact that you've just come out and trying to tarnish these uh, performers. Someone like Ray Fisher, who's uh, who's done some good work before and uh, and will do since to come out and just be like, yeah, he's not a good actor. He's not very good at this. Gal Gadot doesn't understand English. It's not our first language. So we always had a problem. Like, but that's that. What, 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 are you, what are you implying when you say these things? Why are you mm-hmm. Why are you attacking the the uh, the non English speakers? Shall we say Why are you attacking uh, Ray Ray F- uh, Fisher, who is a black actor? You know what I mean? What What What's your motives and intentions here? It doesn't. It just yeah. comes across as a bit. Well, more than a bit icky. The guy's a douchebag, and I think he's just signed his own Hollywood career away. I think it seems that way, or at least let's hope so. Yeah, we certainly hope so. Um, well, my one, I, I went for something a little bit more lighthearted, certainly in the headline. Uh, John's going to have to do a bit of li- heavy lifting potentially with the subject matter. But I went with the headline that sim- it's from Screen Rant 
Uh, Samantha Callum Bahane wrote this. Oscar Isaac reacts to Moon Knight trailer with friends in a new image. So Oscar mm. Isaac, of course, is playing the titular character, and he he tuned into Monday Night Football to catch himself in the Moon Knight trailer with his uh, with his wife, um, Elvira Lind. And a couple of his friends, they're sitting down. They've got it looks, it looks like they've got takeout or something. They've got a couple of glass of wine, watching the game. So they and they're watching the trailer. And I was like, firstly, the, so the reason I picked this was, yes, Moon Knight. There's a Moon Knight trailer. I will mention that. But I love. I think Oscar Isaac is great. Anyway, I, I love Oscar mm-hmm. Isaac. I love and 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 I liked it when you saw you see character uh, actors do this. They did it in the Force Awakens and other films where the act the cast react to the trailer and it feels genuine. It was just great to see this picture of um, Oscar Isaac sitting down, looking as excited as a kid in the candy shop to watch uh, the Moon Knight trailer. Because, like the article says, you've got to imagine that he probably he wouldn't have seen a lot of the finished footage. You know, he's, he's yeah. filmed it, but once the VX, VFX wizards and the editors get on it, it becomes a totally different beast. So he's sitting down, excited to see it. So um, I just liked the earnestness and the kind of the, the genuine. Uh, headline and the picture was so cool just to see a megastar like Oscar Isaac just sitting there. As we know, he, like, he is in, he is Leon Davis just sitting there with his stir, with his uh, noodles and stir fry, just watching himself up watching the game. But the Moon Knight trailer is out now. We're expecting it to drop, I think, in March. So it will be done in May, hopefully yep. just in time for Obi Wan Kenobi. But it's going to be six episodes. Uh, Oscar Isaac is starring as the Moon Knight, uh, Mark Spector. Ethan Hawke is also in it, which gets me very excited. Yeah. Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke together, especially when Ethan Hawke said he'd never do a superhero property. But that is it. Just, just those two together, kind of facing off against each other. However, that's going to work. Excites me. The trailer looked. The trailer looks very interesting. Oscar Isaac's British accent is not good. I was like, somebody dropped a tweet uh, just today, which I thought was hilarious. They said. Um, Basically, you know, those those Americans dropping the trailer when all the Brits are asleep because they know we just jump on and dunk on it. If they if they dropped it when we were awake, it's I understand that that isn't going to be his accent throughout the whole show because of the character and uh, yeah. egos and whatnot. But it's not bad. But it does kind of make me think we've got Benedict Cumberbatch doing a to me an iffy American accent. You've got Oscar mm. Isaac, a, a Guatemalan actor, doing an iffy British accent. They're casting people to do different accents, and you've got John Boyega as Finn doing an American act. The, the sort of uh, nationality swapping actions. It's very funny uh, how, um, how that I'd works. I'd like to point out, though, that Finn's accent can't be American because America doesn't uh, galaxy, exist in Star Wars. Galaxy so. far, far away. It's from the, it's from the Outer Rim, sorry. It's not from the core world. But, um, I thought the trailer for Moonlight looked pretty cool. I only, know, I only know a little bit about Moon Knight. I don't know much, but I know that the internet is telling me that Moon Knight is quite brutal quite gritty and dark those two words i hate mm-hmm. so do you know much about moon knight and what did you think about the trailer not much he gets often um like called the marvel batman and, and not in Sweet. obviously he appears to have some powers but i think as far as like the violence and the 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 tone i think is supposed to be similar um so yeah and that's kind of the vibe i got from the trailer it feels similar to like the batman trailers that we've seen as far as like the uh the tone and attitude yeah um a little bit of a little more silliness, a little, but for a Marvel series, this does feel maybe among the darkest thing that they've, they've done so far. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Let's see if they lean into it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I love the trailer. I was very, very excited. I'm a big Oscar Isaac fan. Anyways. Yeah. Um, 
I love that uh, we see this a lot in the MCU, but we, we, I love seeing actors like him or Cumberbatch who like Cumberbatch, Dr. Strange, hamming it up, having a good time in the Spider-Man <laughs> yeah. movie and then watching power of the dog. Oh, man. And, and he's just this brutal evil guy. And it's like seeing, and then again, card counter last year. And then Oscar, and obviously he's Poe in the star Wars, but then also now doing a Marvel uh, series, I love seeing actors get to to stretch their muscles, man. They get to do these art house projects that are awesome. Yeah. Um, and again, Oscars. A lot of critics have him in his top, like their top performance from last year. Um, so well, he should be. And like to then see him doing this, where he's he's doing a lot of things. Like I, I just I, I'm all in. Um, I, like McAvoy as uh, technically not a comic book movie, but is a comic book movie. Split and yeah. uh, Glass. I love his performance there and I'm referencing him because as you mentioned, this character has alter egos and things happening uh, internally. Um, so I'm wondering if we're going to get a similar, but not to the extreme that split is obviously split has what? 23 personalities. Yes. Like that. Um, but McAvoy just being able to like shift those on the fly and um, be different people uh, just blew me away as, as the caliber of that guy's range, you know? Um, I, I'm all in on this trailer and I, I love this little article, man. I didn't see this. And I, I like seeing that picture. Um, yeah, cause I, cool I want actors to be into what they're doing, right? Like we want, cause to me, like passion feeds passion. Like I totally believe Tom Holland loved being Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Even if, even if he's done now, maybe he is done. Like there's been some different things said. I don't question for a minute. And same thing, Andrew Garfield, I never doubted it when they were making those two movies. Like he was always doing stuff in the costume and like going to conventions and like going to the hospitals to see the kids in the costume. Yeah. Like they embraced being this character. And I love seeing that where I don't, there's definitely other examples where like the person seems like it's just a paycheck. And, yeah. um, I like seeing them really own it and, and embrace being this thing. Cause you do for a group of people, you become this character and you have to be comfortable with that. Um, cause it is a, it's a burden of responsibility. You know, people like, I think that's a little less with Moon Knight. Cause I, I don't think the fan, I think there is a fandom. It's just not like Spider-Man fandom where it's like no. little kids. Like it's going to be, uh, honestly, Oscar's taking a big risk probably. Cause the fandom is probably not the, the most forgiving. Um, <laughs> he's done Star Wars. He's fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hyped, man. I can't wait for Moon Knight. I, I hope it's as good as this trailer made me think it's going to be. And, uh, I'm glad you. I'm glad you enjoyed the article and image as much as I do because it is just a couple of buddies sitting down watching the game yeah. and trailer. And you can just tell by their faces they're just h- hanging out. And someone, it, it's great to see someone like Oscar Isaac, who we we all assume is as down, that down to earth, and he clearly is. I'm sure that shirt is the one he's wearing in the infamous photo of him with the chopsticks and the Cheetos. I'm sure he's still wearing that same shirt. So, uh, yeah, Moon Knight. Uh, that's one of the Marvel shows or the only Marvel show that I can turn around and say, oh, I'm looking forward to that. Whereas I haven't watched uh, Hawkeye or Loki yet or what if I will watch Moon Knight because Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke are in it. I mean, and that's all it's like. Sometimes it just takes a bit of casting, my friend. And I'm in, but I will go back and I will watch the other ones. And I know I say it every week, but I may actually, because I'm working from home at the minute and I am just obviously working very hard, of course, but I have got a TV in front of me. There's nothing to stop me from doing it. So I may actually put, which one's first? It'll be Loki on, and then What If, and then Hawkeye. Uh, not so much keen on Hawkeye, but I like Haley Steinfeld and Florence Pugh, so that will yeah. draw me in, I guess. But um, Well, there are our headlines this week. Let us know what you thought about 
those particular stories, more so the Moon Knight one. Let's not give any uh, spotlight to the other one. Uh, not that your headline was bad, Joanna, must I say, but the person within is. So we're going to move on now to media consumption, which is our section to talk about all the media that we've been consumpting in the last week. We've all been consuming. So movies, television, series, video games, music, podcasts, which aren't ours, comic books, whatever it might be that we've used to pass the time since the last recording. John, you've always got a, a decent swag. So what have you been checking out? Uh, not as much as other weeks, but um, Blank mm-hmm. Check podcast. Uh, they're they're doing the Jane Campion series. Uh, we did movie number two this past week, which is Sweetie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm actually a little bit ahead. I haven't watched. Uh, I've watched the first three Campion films. Uh, I have not watched Piano yet. I'm hoping my Criterion Blu-ray will be here um, before uh, the episode drops. Otherwise, I'll have to watch the movie on like Netflix instead, and I'd rather watch it on the new Criterion Blu-ray. But um, uh, good episode, uh, sweetie. Interesting movie. Um, Campion's filmography is unique, uh, to say the <laughs> least. Um, yes. uh, I re- as I mentioned, I rewatched Scream one through four, um, and again, really up on three and four. Um, and uh, I guess I should have saved that for the end. Why don't we pause, Matt? What did you watch? This <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a reason for that because I watched Scream one through four as well to prepare, not prepare for Scream five because I remember the films, but for a franchise film like this and for one which I have some level of investment in it doesn't hurt to watch it and get excited for it does it so I watched Scream 1 through 4 Scream Scream 1996 is a classic of the genre and it holds yeah. up now as well it holds up exactly. and like Scream 5 there's good gags in it but it is still a horror film as well at heart Scream 2 I think is actually a solid sequel given the problems it had and the fact that it was out within a year which is crazy to think um Scream three, uh, like exactly the same as you. When I when it came out, I remember seeing Scream three, and it felt so much. It, it that felt very much of its time as well. Just look at Courtney Cox's hair, mm. <sighs> but uh, it it just felt. And it did something about it felt a little different compared to the first two uh, films, which is odd considering that it had a little bit more time to make it. But I don't hate Scream three, but I can see that for me it's the weakest. Scream four, I actually think is yeah. I think Scream four is solid. I think it's really decent screen for it's got a good cast in it. Uh, I like Emma Roberts in most things, but again, my knowledge of Emma Roberts uh, has grown since. So I now go back to that. Yeah. Film. I'm like, Oh, I like Emma Roberts and Hayden Panettiere. But I think screen four is a, it's a solid entry. It's, you know, it's they bought it back after t- 11 years and, you know, like it could have been awful. And I think it was really decent. I think the cast are good. And, like Scream 5, I don't think anyone's phoning in in Scream 5. I think Scream 4 is yep. very solid. So uh, I watched that because over the weekend it was, um, I spent time with the family, helped my brother put a shed up. Um, and I had my daughter. And then on Sunday we went to the geek shop and spent too much money, mainly on my daughter at the, the geek shop, the pop culture store, the best one in the UK. Um, so it was a busy, busy weekend. So I didn't have much time, to, as much time to, to watch films. I was going to go and watch Licorice Pizza but I didn't get a chance to go and see it, Ah. which is very annoying. So I am going to go and see it this week um, because I've got the rest of the week now empty other than uh, going back to the gym. So scream. So I did watch four films. They just happened to be all in the same franchise, but I had a good time and it led me into scream five, my friends. So I will say we've links up there. Listeners. If you are like me and only saw three and four, one time each, um, I do recommend watching them before five because I think uh, it, it, the whole franchise is self-referential. So if you don't remember the movies, you won't get everything it's saying. 
So if you have access to them, I definitely recommend checking them out. And what I would say um, is as well, without again, this isn't a spoiler because it because it isn't. But what I loved about Screenfire as well was that it wasn't just it wasn't just saying, oh, how great was the '96 original? They they were joking about the idea of sequels and how sometimes they're not as good. But there were references and Easter eggs to all of the films, so it felt like a cohesive franchise. It wasn't just yeah wasn't just the first film was great let's ignore the others then the whole thing is referenced so you may miss a few tiny little details otherwise um so the other movies i've watched um i got to see on a screener uh cyrano um, oh yeah i really like cyrano a whole lot um I, I, there's a song from it called uh someone to say that i have like relentlessly been listening to um on on uh youtube music just like nonstop. i really love the song um, it, I thought it was excellent. Really enjoyed the movie. Um, I got to see uh, Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers. Oh, I'm looking um, forward to this. Which th- this was the my first film from the filmmaker whose name I am not going to try to butcher right now. Um, Pedro Almodovar. There you go. Um, I I have not seen like Pain Pain and Glory or Pain yeah. to Glory, the Antonio Banderas film. I have not seen any of his films uh, outside of Parallel Mothers. So I I am now invested and would like to kind of work backwards um man penelope cruz is great in this and uh it's a it's a really interesting movie a lot of stuff going on which i from what i've gathered that's kind of his mo is he um he gives you like a soap opera melodrama but there's always subtext and uh sometimes on the surface important stuff being said about like uh politics and whatever and that's definitely the case with this film how did you Um, find a subtitle with my friend as well Oh, I have no, I have no issue with subtitles. Um, you are a king. I just have to, I just have to uh, be able to watch the movie. Yes. Obviously, that's the catch. It, it, it can't be something I throw on in the background because otherwise, I'm not getting it. <laughs> yeah. um, Unless you can learn Spanish whilst watching it. But no, I'm, I'm or, looking forward yeah. to this film. Uh, it comes out in ten days' time upon recording in the UK. It comes out in January. So um, it, glad it comes to out hear that Friday busy. here in the states on the twenty first. Um, yeah, but a limited, limited release. release. Yeah, well, yeah. it will be limited here, I imagine. So I'll have to may have to travel out to watch it. But I am interested in seeing. I'm also interested to what you thought about the next film, though. So I finally finished David Fincher's filmography. Um, I've been sitting on the Curious Case of Benjamin Button for a couple of years now. I, I think I watched the last Fincher film. Uh, I think Mank. I, I, I'd seen all the other films already. Uh, Mank was like the last one, mm-hmm. and um, I've just had this one gap and. It when it came out, it looked weird. Uh, I, I just had no desire to ever watch this movie. Um, I actually kind of enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. Like, like I was really kind of into it. But I, I like Brad Pitt. I, I, I really, I've been a fan of his since like '99 with Fight Club, and he's um, I, I think a lot of times he just doesn't get the appreciation that he deserves because he didn't get the win for this um, for Curious Case of Benjamin Button, and no. I kind of feel like he deserved it. Well, we've um, said it before a- on this show that prior to winning for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. then someone like Brad Pitt almost needed that kind of validation, that award, to, to be able to, t- so people could be like, actually, do you know what? He is just more than a pretty He is a really good actor. And he's shown that so much. Yeah. How good it, how good he is as an actor. Um, well, and I think he's yeah, good in this I mean, the cast in this film is nuts. Like I had no idea that I was getting a really great Jared Harris performance. I'm, I'm a big fan of his anyways. And, I love when he gets to be kind of cut loose and he's for a Fincher character. He's kind of a big character in that mm-hmm. movie. 
Um, loved him there. Tilda Swinton and Kate Blanchett in this film together. Like, I, I know they've worked together on a few movies, but they're, they're two like powerhouse actresses that you almost expect if one's in a movie, the other surely can't. How do they fit both of them in? Cause they are both such dominating, awesome actresses. Um, they do. And they're great. They're both great. Um, uh, Taraji P. Henson, a very early Mahershala Ali performance. Cause I was not aware of him until like moonlight i want to say like was when i became like aware of how amazing he was and this is 2008 i'm like man i i didn't know he was even acting then um but and he's not it's a small role but he's great in it um there's so many little things in that movie it definitely has a forrest gump vibe to it uh as far as like the structure of the story and this kind of weird like um because it's it's a storytelling story right like that's the framing of it we're hearing the diary of Benjamin uh, button. Um, there is some, the visual effects are creepy, but they're supposed to be um, the idea is still like, there's some, I still have questions at the end. I'm like, but why, why does it like, why does this happen? It, there's so many things, but I liked it. Um, and again, I, I'm a Fincher fan. I, I don't think there's a film of his. I don't like, I even, I, I think the director's cut of alien three is very watchable. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I don't think it's amazing or anything like that. Like, where I love the first two Alien movies so much, the third and fourth are severely disappointing by comparison. But I I think the third one is far superior to Resurrection. Like, Resurrections is a nightmare. (laughs) I don't know what is going on in that movie. But um, I I really liked it. I'm glad I watched it. Uh, It it was long. It's two hours and 40 minutes. And I was like, oh, my God, why am I going to do this to myself? And I threw it on as a background movie. And I'd say by about halfway, I was just watching the movie. I was just really pulled into it, and it was like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm I'm intrigued. Let's I mean, let's let's ride this. Uh, so, yeah, if you have if you're like me and you slept on Curious Case of Benjamin Button, I think it's worth I think it's worth going back to. I think it's worth checking out. Well, the the question I wanted to ask because I saw it when it came out. It was it 2006? I think it was around that time. I uh, uh, 2008. Sorry. So I saw it at the cinema. Uh, I, I did have to stretch my legs afterwards. It's a long old film. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it, but I think it was last week when you mentioned this film. I remember saying I liked it for what it's worth when I saw it, but I've never had the urge to watch it again. Can you see yourself sitting down one day thinking, I'm going to give that another watch soon? I, I don't, I don't think so, but there is like a feel good vibe to the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a it's not an attack on the film it's because like, I enjoyed it but it's no, not yeah. it wasn't like that rewatchability factor to it so there were like six or seven quotes in the film that I really latched onto when mm-hmm. they were said and like they're they're written that way right they're written yeah. as these like life affirmation kind of like almost like you almost see them on like you would expect to go in like Hobby Lobby and then be sprawled on a big piece of wood kind of quotes you know what I'm saying like they're these <laughs> and someone's really kicking. happy yes exactly and um sometimes I like that sappiness and last night I kind of needed it. I think, um, I, I, so I, I almost feel more inclined. Cause that was, um, I watched, um, Harvey, is it Harvey? The James Stewart movie with the bunny. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. It's Harvey. I think it is. That, yeah, no, it is yeah. It, that movie really, uh, did the same thing for me in that I found it necessarily optimistic in a time where everything feels so, nihilistic you know yep. and um 
I thought that kind of with Benjamin Button because he, he is a character who on on the surface should be spiteful and resentful for the the lot in life that he starts with. I think at the end <laughs> you kind of go, oh, I guess I got lucky in other ways because you know this is kind of nice to like know that I'm only going to get better looking as time progresses because I'm Brad Pitt. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Every cloud, um, every cloud. Yeah. But initially, you would think he'd be so bitter and, and hateful, and, and that's not at all what the character is. And mm-hmm. um, even when there are moments where he does get kind of, like, upset about things, he's so even-tempered and comes back to this, like, general positivity, and partly because of the people who've been around him. Um, and you do have the Forrest Gump thing. I think the, the Daisy-Jenny connection is very strong. I think the two, the, the, the way the love story kind of is always the driving force of the narrative and yet this kind of like out, just out of reach kind of story. Um, I think parallels really well with Forrest Gump in that way. Um, I, I don't know. Honestly, if you, if, if I am saying those two movies are similar, I would much rather rewatch Benjamin Button than Forrest Gump. Uh, I me. would rather watch it because I haven't seen it. I've only seen, I've seen Forrest Gump a few times. I mainly owing to the fact that it's on television more than it than Benjamin Button is. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. I've ever seen Benjamin Button on TV, but no, uh, it's not. Yeah, again, it's not a bad film by any means. It's not. I wouldn't watch yeah. it that I want to, but I know I could. I would. I can watch the Social Network over and over. I'll go back oh, and yeah. watch Alien Three, Seven, yes, yeah, even Seven. I, I can watch those and enjoy <laughs> them each time. Benjamin Button. I don't know why it's because it's more, it feels like more of an experience at times compared to some of his other films. So, uh, but no, I'm, I'm yeah. glad to hear you enjoyed it though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fincher is a director who really, really clicks for me. Um, you know, and, and there's stuff he just does with character that I think is really interesting. And I, th- I think it, with Benjamin Button, it is a true character study in yeah, a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, so um, it, it did, it did, it was, uh, I had put it off for, you know, 16 years, whatever, 14 years. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not upset that I finally watched it. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, Fincher completist. Um, hopefully we're getting a new film in the next year or so. And, uh, I, I like Mank, but I am hopeful for like, I'd like to go more into the, the crime genre with Fincher. I love the, what he does oh, with like, Zodiac even, even social network, which isn't a crime movie in the traditional sense, feels like a crime movie, you in know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I've been watching, man. And I know you had a, a shorter week. Um, so there it is. So you heard it here first on BAMP. David Fincher is pretty good at what he does. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> next week, hot I hope, take. yeah, hot take. Fincher, pretty good. Um, hopefully, next week I'll have more Marvel shows on this list. I will actually start watching. A, a few people have sent me th- this week saying you got to watch this. You got to watch this on usually on Netflix. I'm thinking, oh, I'm sort of drowning under the weight of things which I'm never going to watch, but I need to start watching. And my brother said, watch Stranger Things, and I really need to start watching Stranger Things. Oh, I watched man. the first episode and I dug it. So I'll probably watch the Marvel shows first. Uh, but then, of course, Book of Boba Fett comes out, and I'm watching it eight a.m. in the morning. I'm, I'm there, so yeah, you know, I've got to work on that. But um, I, I need to, I need to remain bloody awesome in that sense, and that is something that we both need to do in order to keep this podcast going. This podcast has been going for, God, I don't know, is it five years now, or it certainly has been around for at least five years, twenty seventeen. Yes, some version of it for a few years now. Yeah, so yeah, every year crazy. since twenty seventeen has been at least a handful of episodes, if not an entire calendar year's worth. So. Here we're entering year five of the BAMP, but, you know, we've got to stay bloody awesome to ensure the content remains that high. So, John, what have you been doing this week to stay bloody awesome? 
Um, Halo Infinite. Uh, Halo was the first like first person shooter game that I ever cared about. Like I mm-hmm. played other ones, but they were always just like in the background. It was never my my genre. But I remember vividly. Um, I owned Halo Combat Evolved and three Microsoft Xbox controllers before owning an Xbox myself. Um, because we would do land parties. Um, we had, uh, one friend had an Xbox, but he didn't have the game or the controller. So I bought the game and three more controllers. We'd set that up in one room, nice. run a long ethernet cable into the other room, hooked up to the other Xbox that my yeah. other friend had brought over. And we'd have four versus four. And it was some of the most fun That's I've cool. ever had in my life. Um, and then Halo 2 brought in the online component, and then we started doing that online, where, like, every Wednesday night or something was, like, Halo night, and we would all get online, and we would play Halo, Halo for Halo. a couple hours. Yep. yep. And um, Halo 3 came out. Um, it was my reason to buy an Xbox 360. I, I By coincidence, this is a true 100% coincidence, I got sick, and I was sent home for, from work for five days, and I was like, well, now's the time That's to get time, Halo. Isn't it? <laughs> um, so I bought, I bought the Xbox and Halo 3 and played that with my friends. And then it, it started to taper off, like Halo 4, Halo, Halo Reach, we played a lot. Halo 4 fell off, and then uh, Halo 5, we definitely barely played. Um, this one has really pulled me and my, at least one of my friends back in. We are actively playing it. Uh, this is the first time, because it's like all of the other shooters now, where there's like the, you get like the battle pass, and you earn stuff by playing and getting experience. We are like actively doing the challenges. Like, we are just really, really committed to uh, the Master Chief world. And I want to point out, never played the stories. I beat Halo 3. It's the only one I've ever played the story mode for. I have no interest in the story, to be completely honest. I just love the multiplayer. And that has been my experience with Halo. Like, Halo 1, I never beat it. Never even tried to. It was always about the multiplayer. I think Halo Infinite is giving me exactly what I want from multiplayer. It has been a good year or more since I was really into a, like a multiplayer shooter. I was really into Black Ops 4, I think it was. Um, and then I, I just fell off. I didn't buy the last two Call of Duties. Haven't really been motivated to play games. I want to because it's a it's an outlet for me. But a lot of times I find the games to be more stressful than than helpful. Halo is the first time. Even when I'm having a bad game, I'm still having fun playing. Um, I am super inconsistent. Like I'll have one game where I'm number one on the team, crushing it, like twenty kills, seven deaths, and then like the next game I have like three kills and twenty deaths. Like I am all over the place, but. I have fun, and that's what's been uh, keeping me going. Um, you ever play Halo, Matt? No, no. Yeah, um, again, not, I, I remember I, I had that kind of decade abstinence from consoles for no reason other than I just didn't have one. And then 2015, when Battlefront came out, Star Wars Battlefront, I that was my cue to get a PS4. Um, and since then, I've slowly been getting into these into those games and some of the old AAA games and just the big ones I've missed out on. But I went, there was a period of time, man, where I just didn't play. And I used to play a lot. It's obviously growing up, of course, Master System, Mega Drive, going through the N64, PS1, 2, and 3. I used to play it so much. But then, yeah, just got like seven to ten years just passed. I didn't play. No, no reason. I just, just never happened. And I'm so glad to be getting back on board now, slowly just playing these games. So I will go back and play through some of the Halo games, if not just jump straight onto Infinite, but um, I know the I know the legacy of 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 this game and many other games of its ilk as well. So um, I'm excited to hear how excited you've been about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's been out for a little while now, but this the um, last week or so, it's just been at the forefront of my plans. Like whenever I get a minute, I played 
mostly every day. I think there was maybe two days last week where I didn't hop on for at least 30 minutes or so. Um, and it's, it's super necessary. Uh, it's a good outlet to like stress relief and, and whatnot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, cause again, even when I get upset at the game, it's, it always feels like fun. So it's um, a release stress release, isn't it? Cause you're getting upset at something at least, which is harmless. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind yelling at my TV for 10 yeah. minutes, you know, like, um, but, uh, what about you, sir? How are you staying bloody awesome? Uh, Ray Skywalker is how I've been staying bloody awesome. I uh, went to the geek shop on Sunday and purchased another Ray figure. This one, uh, Black Series, Jakku and BB-8 Ray figure from The Ooh. Force Awakens. I've now got uh, a shrine, is what I've mentioned on the sessions. It's slightly odd, but I've got like yeah, this kind of little corner of my dwellings, which is now just dedicated to Ray Skywalker. I've got a Hasbro figure. I want to call it like a... I can't explain it any other way than it. I don't know. It's the same size as a Barbie doll and it's Ray from the force awakens one from the Raza Skywalker. I've got this one from the force awakens. I've got a couple more coming on the way from the last Jedi uh, and hopefully the speeder as well. My mates, my friends got a few. Mm. So uh, plus a bit of artwork, which I bought from a little star Wars events in Elstree, which is the home of star Wars. Essentially it's where it's filmed. Uh, the 1976 Elstree. Um, uh, so I've got a bit of artwork in here. It's just sort of ever burgeoning, collection of ray skywalker uh merchandise i love ray and daisy rose uh, daisy ridley she's the english rose uh and i also bought a uh, stay path marshmallow man he's now sitting alongside my uh wonderful hasbro ecto we're not sponsored by hasbro hasbro ecto one model uh from afterlife what else did i get uh i've got something else as well Oh, it was, it's obviously so good. I don't remember what that, what it was, but I got, I've got another Reagan figure from the exorcist. The head's bent round. It's, it's, a, I can't remember the brand. I'm looking at it, but I can't read it. But, uh, I thought I was probably only cost five pounds. It cost 16 quid, 20 bucks. It's like, it's three inches of that. Not even that. Um, but it's cool. It's my exorcist collection is now getting bigger. My ghostbusters collection is falling off the shelves and my Ray Skywalker collection is falling off the shelves as well. But, um, I've just been keeping busy, uh, staying bloody awesome by, it, it's been a long month. We got paid the week before Christmas, so we could all go shopping for Christmas. So then elongates the pay month. So got halfway through this month. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to buy myself a treat or two. And then my daughter was there and she got enough stuff as well. So, um, and I must admit, I must say as well, I'm not, I'm not bathing in money before anyone thinks, look at, look at, um, that guy from, <laughs> that was jumping in his piles of gold, but, um, but no, yeah, little little things like that. Like like you say, I like I like playing games and shooting people on Battlefront or whatever. Just it's like, yeah, get rid of that sort of release. It's also nice sometimes to go out and think, you know what? I do deserve that figure. I'm going to get that, and it's going to look really great. And that Stay Puff is going to look awesome, which it does in my collection. So, been buying buying more Ray Skywalker merch, but also just a few little geeky uh, purchases here and there. And my um, my new uh, Totoro. Plush is just staring at me. Ooh. He's kind of giving me a stink eye over there. But um, yeah, a few little purchases to uh, to ease the soul, to soothe the soul somewhat, my friend. That's, you know, we got Sometimes we buy stuff like that. Um, we're nerds. We like to have things. Uh, I had to actually turn away a few things because um, <laughs> uh, we were at, we went to, uh, it's quote unquote antique mall. But it's not actually antiques. Like a lot, they a lot of the like the little shops have like pop vinyls and stuff like that. Um, and they had the afterlife vinyls. And my oh. wife was like, "Which one do you want?" And I'm like, "No, one." They were a little like overpriced. They were like 15 bucks instead of like the usual 12 or or 10 mm-hmm. that you can find them for. And I was like, "And the one that I really want 
of the pops is uh, they have the Ecto one with um, Finn Wolfhard's character driving it. Mm-hmm. And I don't really like his character out of the, all the new characters. Yeah, like yeah. He's probably my least favorite, but I want the Ecto one pop, but they didn't have that one. So I was like, I'd rather just wait. Like, it, you know, I, I, I love them, but I don't, I'm running out of space and I would rather have the Ecto one pop if I'm going to get one from afterlife. Um, I w- or I want all of them from Afterlife, and that I can't do that. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I was yeah. like, ah, it's probably better that I don't. And there was something else. It was an older collectible, and she was like, do you want this? And I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah no, but- I, I do, but yeah, like, I am, I'm running out of space. I kind of need to sell some stuff um, to, like, make that room comes. for new stuff. Uh, and also, you know, I, I have stuff now that's getting to be valuable. Some of my pops are, are like, you know, trending around $100, yeah. and I bought them for 10 So, I like, I should probably move those. I don't need all of them. Um, some I really like. Some I'm gonna keep because of sentimental things. Like I, I have all of the director pops that exist, except for the exclusive Taika Waititi one that is like a hundred dollars everywhere. Um, but like I have Alfred Hitchcock and J.J. Abrams, and um, they haven't done a Spielberg one, which is driving me insane. Like, hey, is. Funko, make a Steven Spielberg pop. Like, what are we doing? Like, what are we even pretending to do here? I um, know you're listening. Do it. But uh, yeah, so. Um, but getting those collectibles sometimes is a lot of fun. But yeah, yeah. yeah that's how we're saying bloody awesome. I'll tell you something. They had, the, they had the, the, the day after, so that I went on Sunday. On Monday, I saw on their Instagram feed that they on Monday they got a delivery which included the very sought-after uh, little Black Series mini puffs. I was like, God, I would have bought uh, them if they were there. So I was uh, seething somewhat on Monday morning. I was like, you know, I'll, I'll get them one day if I've got any room. Well, eventually when I upscale... Uh, whether I actually have enough room for what I haven't in the same in a, in a minute will be a defining factor whether I get anything else. But uh, yes, we are both staying bloody awesome in very cool ways, if I do say so myself. And that is going to wrap it up then for this non-spoiler episode of Scream and also where we've smothered ourselves in pop culture goodness for another week. Next week, though, we're going to be coming back with another non-spoiler review of Nightmare Ali. Now, I know John's already seen this. He was lucky enough to be living in America when it came out, and it comes out yeah. in the United Kingdom in two days' time. Uh, so I'm very excited to see this. High hopes for it. And I don't know how feasible it is, man, but if you can see the 1947 version, um, I I recommend it both because I really love that version. I actually have been like kind of wanting to rewatch that version, and I, I like the new version. I feel like more than most people... But I think a part of that is because of my love of the the old one. I think that it really helps give insight to to Zeltero's film. I was um, say, which should I watch first, new or old? I think watching the old will help. One of the things that I still can't fathom, I don't know what's going on. It's 150 minutes, the new one, right? Yeah, two and a half hours. Yeah, the original is under two hours, and. I feel like the original does a better job with storytelling. Like it's oh, a good. shorter movie and I think it's more to the point in a lot of ways. I'll check it out then because like we said last week, I wasn't even aware that there was an original, but now I am. So Nightmare Alley is going to be our film for next week. Keep your eye on the bloody awesome movie podcast podcast feed for our spoiler uh, review off screen that's going to be a blast that's coming out on monday if you're listening on release day check that out as well uh, but until then if you want to talk to us about film or let us know what you thought about scream because we would quite like to know what you think you can find us all over the social medias on twitter at bamp underscore podcast b-a-m-p underscore podcast john on instagram we are at bloody awesome movie pod facebook or meta whatever with bloody awesome movie podcast you could find me what i watch tonight.co.uk 
Just search what I watch tonight on all the socials, including Letterboxd. And John, yourself? I am at Burke Reviews on, uh, and BurkeReviews.com, but at Burke Reviews on all the socials. Go check it out. Uh, if you like what you've just heard, and we certainly hope that you do, please consider leaving us a five-star rating or review on your podcast provider of choice, which now includes Spotify. It literally takes three seconds. You pr- you click on the rating function, you hit the five stars, you press submit, you're done. You can carry on with the rest of your day. You can do it whilst you're making a coffee, even with those newfangled ones with the pods and that. Five stars really helps us out an awful lot. So if you if you could do that, we'd be more grateful than you could never know however for this week with that as always stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 